since I last spoke to you all. First, I just want to quickly start off by saying that I have an Instagram account for this podcast called Gems Coffee Shop, where I'll be holding giveaways, posting updates, and just a bunch of fun, fun stuff. So it would mean the world to me if you guys dropped a follow, if you enjoy this podcast. If not, that's perfectly okay as well. Um, I am super, super excited to be back in the swing of things. Like, I'm going to be honest, I was not taking this podcast super seriously before which is why I was kind of like sporadically uploading once every couple of months but mark my words I am back I'm back for good so get ready for steady uploads again okay now on to other big big news I finally graduated after five long years I can now escape from Waterloo I have my diploma I am now a GBDA graduate, global business and digital arts, confession, I did not go to my convocation and there isn't really like a specific reason for that, I just didn't think it was worth going. When I saw everyone's Insta stories, I was like, oh, that's really cute and I was super happy for everyone, but I didn't really get FOMO and... I'm quite proud of myself for that because I used to suffer from really bad FOMO whenever I would see people doing big things like this, but I was just kind of like, eh, this time around. Like, I haven't really felt FOMO in a really long time, and I don't really know what that means. Maybe that's just what happens when you've been vibing by yourself for a while and all of your friends are kind of scattered all over the place. Half of my time at uni was spent online because of COVID, so... I never really felt like a strong connection to school like it was a part of my identity but it was never like a huge overarching thing and to be honest I'm glad that it's over like I'm very thankful for the friends that I met there the opportunities and experiences that I was able to have because of school but overall I'm just very relieved that this chapter of my life is over like for some reason to me it just felt so long and drawn out and I think it's because I took a gap year in between so I should have only been in school for like you know um four but it turned into five years and I'm counting the gap year because while I was taking that gap year I was still thinking about like school and whether or not I should go back so it was still in the back of my head and I think that's why I felt like I was still kind of in school because I was still stressing over it. But anyways, I hope that you guys have been having a really good summer so far. Um, Some little updates. I went on a couple trips recently with my boyfriend. We did a little staycation at an Airbnb in Toronto right in the middle of the entertainment district. So the location was really, really good. Um, It was a little bit on the pricey side, but I decided to treat myself as like a little grad gift for myself. Um, If you guys want to see the place, I actually posted a TikTok about it. So my TikTok at is I'm Gem with three M's. Um, I also went to this cute little town called Sogging Shores with my boyfriend and his family. We stayed at this really cute little Airbnb that was owned by this lady that actually ran for um, town council there. So that was really interesting. It was kind of creepy though because she was like 
insisting to get a picture of us before we left because she was like oh I take a picture of every family that stays there for memory's sake and in my head I was like oh I've never seen like an Airbnb host that's so involved like normally you don't even see them half the time and you'll really only interact with them through the Airbnb messaging app so I don't really know what's up with that but I also went to Niagara Falls as well and let me just tell you guys I know that Niagara isn't like on anyone's top five vacation spots, but if it is, then amazing. But something about that place feels so nostalgic to me. I think it's because growing up, I used to go there like all the time with my family and we just walked through Clifton Hills, which is like this strip that has all the main touristy attractions. So if you live in Canada, Niagara Falls is definitely like a lot more fun. If you live in the US, I don't really know what's on that side. Um, But the thing is with me, I just love touristy places. Something about seeing like cheesy overpriced t-shirts makes me feel like I'm back in grade five and school's just been let out. The vibes are always so good. Like you just see people from all over and like families of all shapes and sizes and just really great. This time I went with my boyfriend and we stayed at this little hotel that was just like a 10 minute walk from Clifton Hills. Let me tell you, we spent so much time at the Midway. The Midway is like one of the highlights at Niagara for me. And I just love playing arcade games. Like I don't know what to tell you guys. We had this jacuzzi in our room and that thing was so freaking loud. We would turn it on and you could literally hear it from the hallways. Like in a way it was kind of nice because it was so loud so you couldn't really like focus on anything else so it was kind of therapeutic like you couldn't really have any thoughts because all you could focus on was a loud jacuzzi water now life updates aside for today's podcast episode I really wanted to focus on the topic of self-sabotaging now this is a topic that I really wanted to discuss because of course I feel like I've been doing a lot of that recently and it just got to the point where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm honestly really sick of feeling this way and I'm feeling very tired of pitying myself. I feel like I often go through this cycle where I'll experience some sort of negative event, something will trigger me or things just don't go my way and it really affects me. Like, for example, there was this one instance a couple years ago where I was seeing this guy for like a couple of months. He ended things with me and it fucked me up for like the longest time because I really, really liked him. And I think another reason why things like this really affect me is because I am a person that likes to plan a lot or I like to kind of romanticize a lot of things and, um, envision all this stuff so in my head I was just planning like all this shit that we'd be like doing together once we were like officially together and to me it just felt like we were going down that path um I've talked about this before this really isn't a new story but at that time he was like the closest thing to what I thought it actually felt like to really like someone but you know I often look back at it and I'm like okay yeah, I didn't really like him. We were not compatible. 
Just because we had a good time vibing at Whole Foods doesn't mean he was my soulmate. So good on him for seeing it first and ending it because I did not have enough relationship experience to know if this is going to work or not. Um, but unfortunately, he did lead me on for a bit. So it was really hard for me to accept the fact that he wasn't going to be in my life anymore. And as I always do, I went to my friends to vent and cry about it. I would FaceTime them and talk about all the shit that he put me through, analyze like all these conversations that we would have and be like, oh my god, I should have seen this coming, like why am I so stupid? And just relive all these memories because I would be constantly talking about them. Dude, I cannot even begin to explain all the shit that I put my friends through. If you have ever been the friend that listens to someone as they go through like a breakup or a situationship breakup, you know that although you love them to bits and pieces, it can be very, very hard to be that supportive crutch, especially when they're not absorbing any of the advice that you give them. And that's totally understandable because when you're going through some sort of emotional turmoil, it's really hard to absorb what others are saying even though you know it's like the right thing. All my friends were saying that this man wasn't right for me, but you know what was going through my head instead? I was like, he is the love of my life. I'm going to give it like two weeks and I'm going to message him again. He's going to realize that we're a match made in heaven and it's all going to work out. Thankfully, I did not do that. No one stopped me or told me to do anything. I just finally realized on my own, but I was quite literally entertaining like all my demons. So um, back to what I was getting at. I feel very strongly about this topic of self-sabotaging right now because like I said, I went through a ton of it recently and it had me in this insane chokehold. Google defines self-sabotaging behavior as when you undermine your success despite your own wishes, dreams, or values. It often stems from low self-esteem, negative self-talk, and just related negative emotions, which are continually reinforced by the resulting failure. So for me, I was personally dealing with a lot of self-esteem issues and a shit ton of negative self-talk. I felt like every single week that passed by, I was quite literally like crawling deeper and deeper into my shell and I didn't want to get out like for me it just felt like I was recessing and kind of going back to the way that I was a couple years back when I wasn't very like social I didn't want to like do anything and I just felt very mopey and sad for myself I felt like I was always just sitting in the dark it got to the point where I would sit in bed and wait for time to pass by so I could go to sleep and finally not have to deal with all the thoughts in my head it just felt so exhausting to me and every day before bed I would be like okay tomorrow is going to be a better day it has to be because I wasted this entire day being sad on top of that I was dealing with a lot of self-esteem issues. I hated the way that I looked and it seemed like no matter how much effort I put into my outfits and makeup, I still felt ugly and it just really sucks to deal with that because when you go through these really dark periods of hating everything about yourself, you physically just want to crawl out of your skin and disappear. It seems so insane, but that's really how you feel. Like you don't want anyone to look at you because you can barely even stand to look at yourself. On top of that, 
work was not going too well for me. I felt like I could have been doing so much better, but because I just didn't believe in myself, it was hard for me to work harder because I felt so incapable and I just didn't know what to do next. I also didn't really enjoy it too much. It would feel very up and down to me and it took me the longest time to finally decide to quit. I think when you're making big decisions like that, you'll know when you should kind of jump the gun and stop waiting around. I think that when you're going through like a hard time and there's like one thing that's keeping you afloat, you kind of cling on to it like it's your lifeline. So for me, as I was going through this really difficult time, I was really holding on to my boyfriend. When I was with him, I felt like I was in this bubble. I didn't want to leave because... If I left, that meant I would have to deal with reality, and reality fucking sucked for me. So because of that, I became pretty clingy, unfortunately, and it really affected the both of us. I don't really want to get into it, but it's still something that we're dealing with even now, so it's definitely still a work in progress, and I might talk about it some more in the future once I figure out like what it is that we're going through, but right now, it's definitely something that still needs more work. Um, but yeah, so to be honest, I think it was really hard for me to admit I was struggling because it felt embarrassing, and for some reason admitting it felt like I was losing like this internal battle with myself and I didn't want other people to know about it. I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want it to seem like I was seeking attention. I didn't tell my friends, but I think they could tell whenever we talk, I would always be stressed about something and I was just stuck in this very repetitive cycle. I absolutely hate trauma dumping because in my mind, I feel like I can just handle it on my own, but it definitely gets to a point where you don't even have to say anything. Other people can tell just based off of how you're acting and it just kind of comes out like, you know, subconsciously. And another reason why I don't like trauma dumping is because you don't really know what other people are dealing with and because your friends are your friends, like they love you enough to kind of like help you, but like I don't ever want to put that on someone, right? So the thing is with me, I was complaining so much that it kind of got to the point where I just became sick of myself and I think that's one trait that I do like about myself. It's that if I'm complaining about something, I'm not going to be the type of person to complain about it forever. And like another thing that really irks me is knowing that, you know, these people, they have the power to change like their situation, but they would rather take the easy way out and just complain about it instead. So this doesn't apply to those that are actually stuck in a hard spot, though. I'm only talking about the people that have the privilege to very much change their mindset and lifestyle. I had this moment hit me where I was just like, okay, hold up. So you mean I can like control my fate and like destiny and happiness and I know that sounds like mad cheesy but I was like what the fuck where was this mindset this entire time it was almost like I hit this revelation of some sort and I think it just kind of came to me because I was so exhausted of feeling exactly the same every single day and I was like okay fuck it like I'm so done with this enough I kind of came to terms with recognizing what made me really unhappy and taking active steps to changing it. So 
at the end of the day, you can complain all you want, right? Like no one is stopping you. And sometimes it is very, very healthy to vent, but ultimately it is up to you to control what's affecting you and whether or not you want to change it. Another thing that really helped me to come to this realization was a book by Brianna Weist titled The Mountain Is You. So I'm a huge, huge fan of her other book called 101 Essays. I talk about it all the time. I tell every single one of my friends to read it. I recommend it to everyone. Um, I wanted to check out this other book by her. And at first I was kind of like a little bit turned off by the title because I was like, why is this so cheesy? And like, to be honest, it doesn't really hit as hard as our first one. But I think what got me was that this book is mainly centered around self-sabotage. And like I said, I was really going through a period of that. And this book kind of like tells you how to be more self-aware about these issues and how you can go about resolving them. So if you feel like you're going through that cycle, then it definitely does not hurt to check this book out. There's this one section that really spoke to me when I was reading it, and it was about perfectionism. Now, I don't necessarily suffer from that. If anything, I think I would probably benefit more if I cared more about perfectionism. So it was mainly just the section where she's talking about how to resolve it. That was a part that really spoke to me. So I'm just going to read it to you guys. She writes, don't worry about doing it well, just do it. Don't worry about writing a bestseller, just write it. Don't worry about making a Grammy winning hit, just make music. Don't worry about failing. Just keep showing up and trying. At first, all that matters is that you do what you really want to do. From there, you can learn from your mistakes and over time, get to the place where you really want to be. And there's a second paragraph right after it that really just hit me. And it says, the truth is that we actually do not accomplish great feats when we are anxious about whether or not what we do will indeed be something impressive and world-changing. We accomplish these sort of meaningful things when we simply show up and allow ourselves to create something meaningful and important to us. So as someone that's a content creator, that really just like resonated with me. And you know, this line, these lines aren't like super life-changing right like it's stuff that like I've definitely heard before but because I was reading it again during this period in my life it just it really just resonated with me a lot more because I realized that the only times that I enjoyed making content is when it felt important and special to me and like I remember at the end of each year I would compile all these vlog clips that I had in my friends and put them together in a cute little like video edit with the fun song to thank them for being in my life and I would really just enjoy editing those videos and I felt like it was for me and for my memories and you know even just like this podcast it started off as just like a space where I could talk about my experiences my feelings and emotions and feel safe doing it and how how I kind of came about like fixing these things or like being 
like in the progress of doing so, then you guys kind of just like came along and started telling me about how much it's been helping you just listening to me. And that made me feel like even more fulfilled and happy. So the quote really just kind of rings true because I was in a content rut these past couple of weeks and I felt like I couldn't make anything because I was so stuck on figuring out what I should upload that would do well and focusing on what other content creators are making. I saw certain personalities that did really well and was like, oh, I should be more like them. And you know, maybe that does work for a bit, but thing is when you try to like follow this path that other people have laid out you're just gonna burn out so much quicker and end up hating what you're doing because you know deep down that's not you no matter how hard you try to make it be you so for me i felt that i flourished the best when i cut out all of that content saturation in my life and i'm not listening to what other people expect of me or what other people want me to do. In a way, I'm able to just kind of focus on creating my own style and art without being easily swayed. And so I think just reading that, it made me realize it was time for me to go home and to return to the things that I loved about, you know, being myself without feeling ashamed or embarrassed about it and without thinking like I should be like this or like that. And when I say this in my head, I'm like picturing this little house, right? And like my 10-year-old self is waiting for me at the door, looking up at me and just waiting to kind of take my hand and saying, where have you been? I've missed you, but I'm glad you're back. And I'm picturing myself kind of like taking her hand and we'll just like walk in together I know it sounds so corny, but I'm like literally tearing up while I'm saying this. Um, There's just something so healing about picturing it in that way because I love the whole notion of like healing your childhood self and knowing that like you put them through all this stuff and wanting them to be proud of you. Like all this stuff just really gets me, I think. Um, But yeah, so if you're going through something like this, hopefully picturing um this little image that I kind of like curated right now can help you but if not like you know I'd love to hear what you guys kind of do to return to your childhood self and to really heal your inner child and how if you're self-sabotaging what you're kind of doing to get through it um but I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode I hope you all are doing very well And I'm so, so happy to be back here again to create more things for you. And as always, I love you all endlessly. Goodbye.